Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I did my own version of the theme song there. <laughs> it is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3 in the saddle not with rick uccino he's got the night off spending with the with the kids and the family so i am here with your expert with your man to go to for nxt 2.0 on the believe in pro wrestling podcast youtube channel and podcast audio form it is jeremy bennett how you doing jeremy good uh boy were we treated to another a tremendous episode of dynamite and boy is that double or nothing card shaping up it is heating up 100 i'm very excited for double or nothing especially after last night's dynamite over the last couple of weeks i've had nitpicks jeremy on dynamite whether it be the use of the women and i wasn't too happy with the use of women on this show but that i i can let that aside when a show is that good and so many great matches, so many great angles. We're going to talk all about it on the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. But just because Rick is not here, we still got to plug some stuff. First up, you got Rick's pin tweet on his Twitter. You can register to win two free tickets to wwe money in the bank in las vegas a fourth of july weekend in las vegas uh to register to win all you have to do is retweet rick's pin tweet on his twitter page subscribe to the believe in pro wrestling youtube channel and you're entered. You're entered to win. You got to take care of the hotel and the travel to Las Vegas. But we got plenty of listeners, plenty of watchers in the West Coast. So it's a great time. If you can't make it out for double or nothing in Las Vegas, next best thing is money in the bank as it's going to have WrestleMania implications. You excited for this, Jeremy? Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, how it looks in a, uh, a bigger venue. I'm excited to see, uh, obviously, who wins. Uh, you know, you know, it may be obvious that Cody wins. It may not be. Who knows? I mean, hell, we didn't see Otis winning it a couple of years ago. So you never know what's going to happen at Money in the Bank. Absolutely. But the people who enter the contents will see who wins at Money in the Bank. And of course, we got to start off the episode as we always do, Jeremy, by shouting out our sponsors for this episode, which is Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA, rooting for the Warriors, and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball uh, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today and use your mobile or use your mobile devices to join and use our promo code Believe. That is B L E A to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Once again, that is Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Bet Online, where the game starts. And where we're going to start off, Jeremy, on this episode here is talking about the theme of the night, 
The theme of the night was all about the Owen Hart Foundation Men's and Women's Tournament. You had Dr. Martha Hart there, the entire Owen Hart family in attendance in, in Long Island, New York at the USBC Arena. And the main event, when I say this main event was insane to watch, and it just became a battle, Jeremy, of who was going to kill themselves first, as we had the the two daredevils of Jeff Hardy and Darby Allen, two daredevils of two different generations, and it was Jeff Hardy, surprisingly, in my opinion. I, I had Darby Allen pegged to win this one, but Jeff Hardy defeats Darby Allen to advance in the Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament, and he moves on to the semifinals next week in Houston, Texas, on my birthday next Wednesday, and he's going to be versing Adam Cole. But what did you think about this main event matchup that became anything goes during this match? Because like Darby Allen said, you're going to have two daredevils, two insane individuals, so why not just let them go all out, let them go loose, anything goes. What did you think about this? Yeah, it was a great idea by Tony Khan to make this a, a anything goes match. I think that was perfect. Uh, the the amount of stuff they did for 10 minutes, they, they only got 10 minutes, which uh, was about the only downside of it. But the fact that of how much they got in, how much pain, let's just say how much pain they got in for 10 minutes was just tremendous. Uh, uh, Darby Allen himself said it in an interview. He really wishes that there was more of a build to this, more of a story, vignettes and et cetera. Uh, hopefully this type of finish maybe leads to a feud somewhere down the line, uh, where we can get all that and then get a 20 minute ladder match or something just completely insane between these two, uh, Darby doing a swanton off a very high economy family size ladder onto that eight, uh, chairs stacked up. He literally ate those chairs. He barely hit Hardy that hurt Hardy going onto the steel steps that had to hurt these boys did a lot for 10 minutes of work and uh and i like the finish because that tells me there's more of a story to be told now you know people use the word dream match way too much nowadays and a lot of times it doesn't fit but as soon as darby allen became into the spotlight in aew this became a dream match and we got it tonight yeah, I think this was a perfect way to kind of cap off the night that focused on the Owen Hart Foundation men's tournament. And yeah, this was just insanity. I love the big spots like you talked about, especially Darby Allen with that swanton to a standing Jeff Hardy and him eating a whole mm. row of open chairs. Mm. And I love the finish with Darby hitting the, the coffin drop, getting the two count, and then Jeff Hardy not only just cradling up, but if they didn't really point it out on commentary because they didn't have a whole lot of time to point it out by the end of the show but it was basically because darby was underneath the ladder why yep. he lost that the ladder was used to to jeff's advantage in getting the victory here and that shows the experience of jeff hardy he was just one move uh, and he used the wrestling move in this insane crazy wild brawl that it was he used a wrestling move to get the victory i did like commentary pointing that out yeah. and that's that's up next week as we're going to get the semi-finals because the the kickoff to the show was a match equally as great in a totally 
different way. This was more about wrestling psychology as we saw Adam Cole defeat Dax Harwood in the Owen Hart Cup. And this one was just a very great story being told with uh, Cole focusing on the ribs of Dax Harwood. And that came back to basically bite Dax in the ass as Uh he had the sharpshooter on Adam Cole, but Adam Cole lifting himself up to get to the ropes, hurt the ribs. He almost got counted out. But then when he gets back into the ring, Cole spits in his face, locks him in the sharpshooter. Dax tries to tell the referee not to stop the match, but he has to he has to tap out because of the injured ribs being worked over in that sharpshooter. I thought that that finish was brilliant. I love the finishes for Adam Cole in AEW because one of my big uh, like nitpicks of Adam Cole's run in NXT is especially during his NXT championship run, he became too overpowered. And I was just wondering, how is he a heel? He just beat everybody. Like he didn't cheat to win. He didn't really use Undisputed Era a lot to get a lot of victories over guys like Johnny Gargano and whatnot. But in AEW, they have done a concentrated effort. They know Adam Cole is going to get cheered. They know Adam Cole is going to get the baby when he does that. But with the finishes, they make sure to get him heat, whether it's with a low blow, whether it's with interference from Red Dragon. And here he totally trolled Dax Hardwood. The Mr. Bret Hart's kid got the sharpshooter from from Shawn Michaels kid in front of the Hart family in Long Island, New York. I thought the finish was great. What did you think about this opener? Yeah, I thought it was the match of the night, to be honest with you. Uh, It was just tremendous that there was a lot of Sean and Brett in this, um, especially Adam teasing the super kick, Dax putting on the sharpshooter, Dax losing to the sharpshooter. Uh, I I thought this was the match of the night. It was a, a great way to kick off the show. Um, I had, I had, uh, figured just with the lineage and everything like this, that Dax would pull off an upset here. Cause I figured there's gotta be, you always have some sort of an upset in a tournament. There's not really much room for upsets in the bracket because a lot of, a lot of 50, 50, you, you know, uh, in that first round. So this was the only kind of true upset potential you could have. Unfortunately, it didn't go that way, but I tell you what, man, uh, Dax has faced uh, a couple of the best in the business in singles competition and has shined. Uh, obviously, uh, none of us want FTR to break up, and but every once in a while, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see Dax and Cash. They are both completely competent as singles wrestlers. I love this. I want to see more of it, but I also want to see them hold that tag gold sometime soon. And just how good is Dax Harwood as a singles competitor? Like you kind of mentioned it, but he had, you know, the matches last year with Pac and Chris Jericho. Mm -hmm. This year, he's had a great matchup with CM Punk, the great match with Cash Wheeler in the uh, qualifying match for the Can't Forget Cup. And then this match I thought was almost as good or even better than those previous matches like Dax Harwood. I do agree with you. No one wants to see FTR break up. They are they are the best tag team in the business today. But Dax Harwood, I feel, has a singles run in the chamber just ready to be let out if he ever allows it to. Yeah, it'll be it it would be interesting to see that happen at, at some point. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, I could, I don't know how I could forget that match with cash. That was, uh, uh, probably my favorite match of the, uh, of all of the singles matches, even though this was a, a great match. The one with cash was a classic, I thought. So, uh, it just goes to show, uh, 
how dedicated both him and Cash are to the business. And uh, whether it be tag team wrestling, where they want to make sure everything is kind of authentic, tag ropes, things like that, or singles competition. And, uh, you know, I mean, Cash was, uh, you know, you saw Cash helping Edge get ready for his comeback. I mean, there's just so many facets of the business that both guys bring that that a lot of people may not know or see. And, uh, you know, it's it's something to celebrate, that's for sure. Yeah, he just gets the little things very, like, on point. The little attention to detail, whether it's the selling of the ribs, his facial expressions, his body language. He just gets it, and he makes everything important and matter in the matchup where, like, you know, someone like me that has to do, like, a more detailed review of this show for my channel, I literally have to write, like, seven pages of of, of, of notes for his matches, usually because there's so many little things that if you just don't pay attention you'll miss it there was the 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 bump in in the matchup where he won't go start him first he do, throws in the little tributes to bret hart they're mm-hmm. not overly you know done but if you know bret hart's work you get it and you recognize it and it just makes the matches even better in my opinion so yeah i i think that Dax is one of the best singles workers in AEW today. And mm. I would say he's one of the best wrestlers in the business. I wouldn't say maybe like top 10 because like I said, he is a part of the best tag team in the business, but I would say like top 20 of, to- of 2022, he's in there. He's in there as far as his singles work so far this year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he's, yeah, he's gone to show that week in and week out. So uh, like I said, it would be great. It's great to mix it up every once in a while. Uh, with both guys just because of how talented they are absolutely bringing two different styles to it especially with like cash is more of he's more of like a fired up baby face he can throw in like the high flying a bit and while dax is just hard hitting more old school even than wheeler who's also appreciated of the uh old school as well but we gotta continue talking about the owen hart foundation tournament jeremy so let's get into the five count and the five count segues very nicely because next week houston texas may 18th my birthday aew dynamite has another stack card but is it is focused on joker wednesday as we are gonna they are gonna reveal both joker entrants in the whole and heart cup tournament you got dr Britt baker dmd in the women's tournament against the joker and you got samoa joe the roh team TV champion versus the Joker in the men's tournament. So I'm putting you on the spot, Jeremy. You're first up. Who do you think is going to be the Joker entrance in both tournaments? Um, I, I'm going to go with Claudio here. Um, a lot of people saying Miro, which also kind of makes sense, and it would be a great match with Joe. Uh, I just feel Claudio has been more visible lately after kind of laying low for a couple months. And just the the thought of having a finals of a couple of members of the party with Claudio and Adam Cole, baby, that would be <clears throat> a tremendous final. Uh, I, I completely expect, uh, completely expect uh, Joe to get screwed, regardless of who the Joker is. But I'm gonna put my chips down and you know flip a coin. 
between Mero and Claudio, and I'm going to go with Claudio for the men. The women, it's 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 more interesting. I I you know Athena is such the obvious choice here, uh, and it's the only choice I can really think of. I mean, is there really any free agent that hasn't appeared yet, or or any surprise that's really sitting there at this point now? Um, unless you you open that forbidden door again and and you bring in somebody from like Impact or you know who knows, but uh i don't know i can't really think of i i think this is going to be the bigger surprise is the women's one because i can only think of athena right now and i don't know if she's going to head to aew i don't think athena is going to head to aew just yet i feel like she's the perfect person to bring in maybe around like all out or in the summer where i feel like she would be the best person to dethrone jay cargill for that tbs championship i feel like this one is a spot that's gonna be for someone who can come in have a big you know pop a big debut but i think they're taking the loss here i think they're they have already set up or set the set sold the seeds for tony storm versus yeah. Britt baker in yeah. the second round of the owen hart cup so i'm gonna say someone that can come been take a loss but it would be a big surprise i'm gonna go with the current triple a reina del rey's champion taya valkyrie taya valkyrie just worked with the young bucks at triple mania just worked with pentagon and phoenix at triple mania i think that would be a great person she's been doing work for impact wrestling but i feel like that would be a good person that would be a surprise she's canadian as well so it fits with the whole owen hart cup theme with owen being from canada and that's being probably someone that she was raised and brought up on and i think that would be a nice spot for her to come in but still take the loss to Dr. Bray Baker there. But I do agree with you. I think that Samoa Joe is going to get screwed against this Joker. And this Joker in the men's tournament has a better chance to move on in the tourney. I want to go with Cesaro as well, but I'm going to be different. And I'm going to go with Miro. I'm going to go with God's favorite champion to return get in, move on in the Owen Hart Cup. I don't know if he will beat Phoenix, but he should probably beat Phoenix. And I'd, I'd be down for Miro versus Adam Cole in the finals because I think we're both in agreement that Adam Cole should beat Jeff Hardy next yeah. week, probably thanks to his friends, the Young Bucks. Yeah, and plus, yeah, you got that Young Bucks feud that's going to be an, an obvious addition to Double or Nothing that's not quite yet uh, official which is also the the kind of the surprising part that Jeff lost tonight. But they're doing this next week already, and you still have over two weeks until double or nothing. So you still have a couple more dynamites to get in uh, to to set up that feud with the Bucks and the Hardys. So um, I don't know. Do you buy the fact that uh, Cesaro's been moonlighting as that hidden cameraman lately though do you buy into that i i don't buy into <laughs> that i i think people are ridiculous i think because <laughs> because kip sabian's been in the front row for weeks wearing his little box on his head i think people are just suspicious of everything so yeah, i think why that's, not 
that's a that's a little outrageous but i think there's a reason why we got the report um today from fightful select about yeah. uh cesaro's asking for a big a big price point that has caused like promoters to not book him for certain indie events as well as signings i think always when sean drops a report on someone and he doesn't have too much information nine times out of ten they're about to be signed somewhere and it said yeah. that cesaro is waiting for a big contract and a big deal so it would make sense for him to be the joker next yeah week. yeah there wasn't really too much to that report today but it was a nice hey this is what's going on with him though i mean that is something we you know the public didn't know so it was still a great report but yeah it didn't really break a lot of news it just gave us a an update on cesaro but he's been more more he's been more visible on social media i think the time is coming he's recharged the batteries and man as a man that religiously watched the party on up up down down to see Ronald Cole and Big Tony go at it if you if you know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a not only a dream match for fans of the party but for fans of pro wrestling cuz they are two of the best today. So I really hope it is uh Claudio. Uh but if it's Mero man, him and Joe are going to beat the dog shit out of each other and I'm going to enjoy every second of that next week. Yeah, you can't go wrong either way. You can't go wrong with the women's tournament because you got, like you said, Athena's out there as the big person that everybody's uh, thinking about. I just brought up Taya Valkyrie. You could have Deanna Parasso come back in and have the dream match she's really been looking for with her and Dr. Britt Baker. You could have uh, someone like Kyrie Sane. We've heard all the reports about stardom and AEW potentially working with each other. That would be the biggest name possible from stardom for them to bring in and Kyrie come in and have a great match with Dr. Britt Baker DMD. I'd be down with anybody. I'd, Mackie, I'd, I'd be down with Mackie Ito. We haven't Mackie had her, Ito, we ha yes. We haven't, heard, we haven't had her in a while. Absolutely. It has been a while for Maki Ito and she was she was associated with Dr. Britt Baker during her last run with the company. So there's a lot of different women out there that could be an option. So can't go wrong with either one. But I wanted to hear what you had to say and you had some good picks there. But we got to talk about this episode of AEW Dynamite from last night because it was in Long Island, New York, Jeremy, which has in my opinion, it's definitely become <laughs> AEW's Bizarro World. So I'm going to ask you, has Long Island officially become the AEW Bizarro World based on the reactions and the cheers for MJF, the biggest heel in AEW, as well as the biggest babyface and biggest star in AEW, CM Punk getting such heel heat, he literally stopped oh, his music yeah, but he to be shouted. The oh. He poked the bear with that Tavares jersey. He did. He did. He did. He made sure to wear Tavares jersey because Tavares doesn't play for the new the New oh, York Islanders anymore. Islander fans hate him for leaving for Toronto. So they Punk was uh, well calculated there tonight. Yes, it, it, it just. But would you say Long Island is the bizarre world? Long Island is the new Canada. I said it on Twitter. They're the new Canada. Uh, but not full blown because they still cheered for Jungle Boy. Uh, you know they didn't they didn't root uh, they didn't really root for Ricky Starks to win that match. Uh, and and uh, looks like we're probably going to get a triple threat for the tag team, which is fine by me with those three teams. That's going to be an awesome match. Uh, so they're not a full blown Canada yet, but they're close. 
they are very close. Uh, they gave also a huge reaction to my man Hook. Hook, mm. one of the hometown boys from Long Island. That and, handshake, uh, that pop for the handshake, man. They should have done the 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 mega powers, the mega powers like so build to it. But I love I love Hookhausen, and that oh, was made too. official for Double or Nothing. Uh, Hookhausen versus Tony Nice and Smart Mark Sterling on the buy-in for AEW Double or Nothing. Um, but I would say yeah, especially because like like I, I said it also on Twitter. MJF is 1997 brought the Hitman Heart in Canada. He is he is 100% that he revels in the reaction that he gets in Long Island. And I thought the everything that he did on this show was on point. We'll get to that a little bit more with one of our five count questions. But going back to CM Punk, he definitely poked the bear in more ways than one. And officially, he they, they, they subverted the expectations once again. <laughs> Last week, we had the promo with Hangman Adam Page where he, he leaned more heel, yeah. talking trash to the fan in, in the crowd wearing a CM Punk shirt. And then this week, we're in Long Island. So CM Punk was like, it's my turn to be the heel. So yep. he burst John Silver, the hometown boy in in Long Island, and he not he has Hangman Adam Page on commentary. He stares at Page, and then he delivers the buckshot lariat on Hangman's boy John Silver, and then cuts a great promo talking about you know he he repeats the line that he used against MJF. He says he used to wake up every morning, look himself in the mirror, and ask himself, "Is he the good guy?" But this morning he woke up and asked himself, "Is he is he the?" champion and he says yes and he says whether a hangman adam page is conscious or unconscious at double or nothing he will shake his hand and then he extended the hand which hangman adam page responded with the middle finger so i'm gonna ask you jeremy based on what we've seen the last two weeks who do you think should be the heel at double or nothing is it the champion hangman adam page or is it the challenger cm punk both both uh this was a feud that i was worried would have no fire to it because they're both baby faces and now over the past two weeks each one's had a turn at being heel man but have them both be the asshole and because the crowd's going to be 50 50 regardless they're not gonna I don't, I don't think the crowd is gonna overwhelmingly boo punk or hangman they're gonna uh equally i think they're gonna equally cheer them in vegas so I just say, look, just just have them both be the heel right now, and and, and give us this fire that I didn't expect out of this feud. Uh, this surprised me, and I've been excited. I, I've loved the build that they've done these last two weeks because I didn't expect it to go into this level, and it did. Uh, so I'm going to just say both of them. I am going to go with hangman adam page because i feel like that tells the better story because we remember how hangman was he was apprehensive uh you know he felt down on himself he 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 failed and failed and failed he got his confidence back with a few wins with the friendship of the dark order and he and he finally got the balls to challenge kenny omega for the aew world championship but then he failed again he took time off had his first 
first child and then he won the casino ladder match and we heard that cowboy shit promo where he finally showed that baby face fire that confidence that led to him defeating Kenny Omega for the AEW World Championship at full gear but when he won the title he once again had to fight through hardship he had the 16 minute time limit draw with Brian Danielson but then we got to this year the first dynamite of the year he beats Danielson he faces Lance Archer after being beat up by him beats him he beats Adam Cole at Revolution and then he challenges Cole for the rematch at the Texas Mm -hmm. Jeff match telling him to get his affairs in order and we saw him battling with his inner self in that matchup where he didn't want to use the steel chair the barbed wire steel chair he didn't want to show that much aggression I think this is the match that he shows that aggression that edge and he plays the heel against CM Punk because I feel in Las Vegas CM Punk is going to be the more popular popular of the two so i think that this is a great chance for hangman adam page to show us something different and to make this match different from all those great matches that's been a part of his title reign and really show us a more of a heel edge to himself so i'm gonna go with hangman adam page but tonight made me realize how much i miss heel cm punk i miss it so much because he's so good at it yeah do you think they continue it after uh after the it's all said and done, do you think they continue to go down that path for Hangman? No, no, because I said it last week with uh, with Rick. I think that the the long term thing that needs to happen, you know, we're going to talk about one of the signature matchups of AEW, which is Blood and Guts. There's an option out there that they did create on this show for that for that stipulation, which we'll get to. But another big few that can pay off in a blood and good type of situation or just a four-on-four situation is if wwe finally gives roger strong what he wants his release you have the perfect opportunity to have adam cole kyle o'reilly and bobby fish turn on the young bucks have roger strong come in and then you can have kenny omega come back but they still are one man down and you have the undisputed elite versus the reunited OG elite and you have hangman Adam page filled that fourth spot. I think that's the story to tell that you still need hangman Adam page to be a baby face in that situation. And I love, I love the fact that his reign has been six months long, but there's so many different guys. He really hasn't interacted with. He hasn't had another matchup with Chris Jericho. He hasn't, he hasn't versed um, a lot of the major heels like MJF for, for instance. So there's so many different, different options for hangman to still be a baby face and still have plenty of people to work with so i think that this is just leaning heel for this matchup it's not necessarily a heel turn for either man yeah because we all know that young bucks partnership is going to last about as long as the hardy and darby allen match was tonight that is gonna (laughs) uh, that is not gonna last too long enough to sell some good shirts which that t-shirt is pretty good, by the way. I uh, might have to go pick myself one up here on payday. But yeah, we all know. We all know. You, me, and the dog all know that uh, that feud is not going to last. Or that that partnership is not going to last long. No. And of course, also from last night's AEW Dynamite, MJF's reaction in Long Island doesn't last long. It only lasts as long as they are in Long Island. But like I said earlier, everything he did was just awesome on this show the dark side of the ring vignette 
<laughs> that topped what they did last time in Long Island when they had the big introduction with him on his former uh, football field wearing the Letterman jacket. This was just one step higher. You had Taz as MJF's consigliere. You had Chris Jericho narrating like he narrated season two and season three of Dark Side of the Ring. I love the beginning where he's like, is this, is this for MJF? I'm not doing this after us, our history. Wait, wait, he's paying that much? Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> that was great. Great stuff. Great stuff. You had the Jake the Snake Roberts cameo. You had Barry freaking Harwitz calling Warlow a dropper. That just just on point great stuff and then you had the reaction mjf fist pumping the fans posing with the fans telling the fans to boo wardlow so loud that he can't talk oh man and it was then, on his entrance tight is it was on his entrance video boo wardlow <laughs> it's oh. just so great so great um you had just great stuff and then the conditions for the matchup at double or nothing between Warlow and MJF is that MJF next week on Dynamite will have to give Warlow the 10 lashes. I said this last week where Rick, that I knew that that should be one of the options because Warlow was so involved in the 10 lashes on who Cody called the roller coaster. I loved him mentioning that and say, oh, you don't want me to talk about 2024? Neither does the guy in the back. Um... <laughs> It's great, great stuff by MJF. He's just the ultimate and consummate troll, but he shows in Long Island. He can play it up. He hands it up a lot, but he just plays such a cocky baby face that just gets over more and more the more he's MJF. So my question for you, Jeremy, is do you think MJF has it that he can be as big of a baby face as he is as a heel right now? Oh, absolutely. I said it on my Twitter earlier that, that this is just proof that if he wanted to, he could be one of the biggest baby faces and get a pop all the time. Now, are we going to see it? Maybe we might see it's like the Miz. You know, we get it in very small doses during the Miz's career, but for the majority of it, you see Miz as a heel. So we're going to get it at some point, but uh, this stuff here just goes to show that he could, you know, if, if you book it right, he could easily be a great and top baby face in, in any company. But you mentioned the Miz there. I would say like the Miz babyface runs don't even stack a dime against his heel no. runs. Like he's no. never been that good of a babyface. It was awful in 2011. It was a little bit better in 2019, but it still didn't last very long before yeah. he was a heel again. So sometimes when a guy is that good as a heel, it just doesn't work to be a babyface. But I do agree with you. I've always felt because MJF has the catchphrase, I'm better than you, and you know it that the fans can cheer along with. He just has that certain charisma that he, I never really got the Miz comparisons. To me, he's the Jewish rock. He has a lot of rock mannerisms and yeah. that it factor to him that I think can translate where he doesn't need to really change his character all that much. He can still be this jerk of a guy. He just can, has to direct it at heels. And I yep. think it could be as big of a baby face run as he is as a heel. Yeah, exactly. It, it's all about the booking because that's why Miz's baby face runs were not that successful. They were booked so vanilla. It just, it wasn't that interesting, you know? Uh, so, you know, it, 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 but you know, I, I don't have any doubt that he could, but obviously it's going to be the majority of it's going to be a heel. 
The only the only gripe I had, uh, not really a gripe. The only thing I wish it would have happened in this segment was that Wardlow kept trying to talk. You know how they tr- keep trying to talk and they just boo louder. I wish they would have done that uh, and maybe just get a little more heat. That would have been kind of cooler. But uh, overall, that was a great segment, though. Yeah, I love that segment. This Wardlow MJF feud is the best thing, uh, the best feud in AEW currently for me as we're heading down the road to to uh, double or nothing. We should also mention, uh, you know, we talked about the Owen Hart Cup. You had Tony Storm get a big victory over Jamie Hayter. I thought those two women had a hard hitting matchup uh, that that was really good. And we'll probably talk more about the Owen Hart Cup women's tournament at, when me and Rick talk about the weekend that was and rampage where we got ruby soho versus riho but outside of this mjf and war low which i said was a we both agree was a great angle uh you had mjf also give the condition that we're going to see Sean Spears versus uh, Wardlow inside of a steel cage with MJF as a special guest referee. So that should probably be on the 25th episode of Dynamite. That's going to be in Las Vegas the week of Double or Nothing. So I love how they've they've set this up very nicely and they've had this slow build as we got to Double or Nothing with this angle. But something that kind of came out of nowhere this MJF angle, it makes sense with what we've got before this, but something that came out of nowhere that we both agree we liked was the angle with the Jericho Appreciation Society. They came out for a victory speech because Chris Jericho is a wizard and he'll throw a fireball right in your face. Jericho 216 says, I just burned your face. And <laughs> they had their victory speech and it was interrupted after Daniel Garcia says that they are sports entertainer and anytime a pro wrestler comes up to them, a sports entertainer will always win. One of the biggest pro wrestlers in AEW, John Moxley, came out, came through the crowd. Jericho told them, it's one of you and five of us. You're not going to do anything. Get the hell out of here. That led to the Blackpool Combat Club coming down. William Regal, Willie Uta, and Brian Danielson. And then it was still four of them versus five of the Jericho Appreciation Society. So Jericho's like, we still got the numbers advantage, but out of nowhere behind them came the former members of LAX, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. You had Kingston with the burn, with the burn scars on his face, and he went at the wizard Chris Jericho. We also had William Regal blast Chris Jericho with a punch. The first time Regal has gotten really physical outside of the slaps to the members of the Blackpool Combat time he got about time he got payback for jericho pissing in his tea there you go nice (laughs) deep cut there but do you think this is the start of a larger feud because we might see probably a five on five with these members at double or nothing but do you think we're gonna get the big one blood and guts two are we getting Jeremy blooding us too with the Blackpool Combat Club and LAX versus the Jericho Appreciation Society? We have to. With just by who's involved, Moxley, Danielson, Kingston, LAX, uh, Santana and Ortiz, just by who and then Jericho. You know Jericho loves to be in those matches. He's been in every he's been in the stampede, he's been in the the blood and guts. You know he loves to be in those five-on-five five matches. So this is clearly leading towards either blood and guts or a stadium stampede, one of the two, or just a five-on-five five all over the arena. 
uh, <clears throat> it's definitely going to come. Uh, and it was, uh, I was surprised. I, I did not expect to see the Blackpool Combat Club get involved in this. You know, a buddy of mine thought, well, maybe Homicide and Hernandez get involved and uh, a real reunion <clears throat> of the uh, past and current uh, LAX, you know, which I thought would have been cool. Uh, I like this idea better. And uh, I think it definitely shapes up to be because I, I know Jericho loves being in those five on five matches. So it's going to be a stampede, uh, an all a falls count anywhere, or just a wild brawl or blood and guts. It's going to be definitely something with those guys. I don't know if it's going to be double or nothing or not. <clears throat> I don't know if double or nothing is going to be Jericho and Kingston. Uh, and they save the five on five for later. It's up in the air, but I know somewhere down the line we're this year something's going to happen with that five on five i would just think they would do the five i don't know if they're going to then i don't think they're going to do blood and guts to add double or nothing because they have so many other big matches i think it might get lost in the shuffle for this to be a blood and guts but i think the first battle the first war being waged between these two sides is going to go down at double or nothing and i think it is going to be five on five uh, i told you before we started recording that uh willie yuda is going to be in japan he's a part of the best of the super juniors tournament so he's going to be out the picture he's not going to be in las vegas for double or nothing so i think it is going to be kingston santana and ortiz uh with brian danielson and john moxley versus the jericho appreciation society because i don't see any other way to get danielson and moxley on the show and you don't leave those two guys off of a big show like double or nothing so yeah this seems like the perfect fit for it yeah, plus Blood and Guts was on Dynamite before, so save it for another Dynamite is perfectly fine. Um, you know, I, I would almost, I wouldn't mind a stadium stampede. Those were uh, entertaining in the past. I don't know how, how well it'll work uh, with where they're doing double or nothing. Um, I don't know if a traditional five on five is the answer either, just because of just who's involved and how much has already happened between these. I don't think we're going to have anything with rules, just, let's just say. You can do a Las Vegas street fight. I yep. mean, it'd be, it'd be a little bit similar to what they did with uh, the inner circle versus American top team at full gear. But yeah, I'd be down for it. I do agree that the Kingston Jericho portion of this feud has gotten so personal that it can't just be a regular five on five. So I wouldn't mind a, a Las Vegas street fight with all these guys being yeah. involved. That would be a crazy type of brawl. And, you know, Kingston moxley danielson santana and ortiz uh jericho uh daniel garcia these are the type of guys that would excel in that type of stipulation gonna be gonna be blood gonna be blood <laughs> definitely gonna be the blood we don't know if it's gonna be the guts just yet but this has all the makings to get there but quite a show from aew last night uh, i would say it was the best aew dynamite in like a month yeah, it was uh, no complaints at all from me uh, tonight. Everything was was hitting on all cylinders, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, we keep on rolling next week. I mean, next week's loaded too, man. We're gonna get <clears throat> we're gonna get two jokers. Uh, we're gonna get uh, Jericho and Regal face to face. That'll be interesting. Uh, O'Reilly and Phoenix should be good as well. And uh, uh, you know, and obviously uh, we got uh, Cole and Hardy, another match that we never knew we would see to be honest so 
Yes, another stacked lineup. It seems like they're kind of firing on all cylinders as we get we're on the road to double or nothing on May 29th. I'm looking forward to that pay-per-view. I'm looking forward to next week's show. And I'm looking forward to more Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. This is our final episode for the week. Me and Rick will be back on Monday for our live show at 2 feet. 2.15 p.m. Eastern Time. You'll see uh, myself and Rick on the Tuesday morning show talking about Monday Night Raw. Then you got Rick and Jeremy talking about NXT 2.0 and all the latest news. And then, of course, back again Thursday to talk about AEW Dynamite. Myself and Rick. Shouts out to Rick. Hope he, hope we did him well in uh, filling his shoes on this night. Always fun talking to Jeremy about some wrestling and especially some AEW Dynamite. Jeremy, any final plugs before we send things off? No, man, just follow me on the Twitter at JB Huskers. Uh, that way you know what I got going on. And, uh, of course, uh, you'll find me live tweeting most of the time on a lot of your shows here during the week. So uh, just give me a follow on there, and uh, we'll catch you guys again next week. Absolutely. We will see you then. This has been the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Remember to drop a thumbs up on the video. Let us know in the comments down below what you thought about AEW Dynamite. Subscribe if you are new. We just been over 300 subscribers on the YouTube channel, making that march to 400, then to 500. And of course, check out Rick's pin tweet once again for those two free tickets to wwe money in the bank retweet that pin tweet subscribe to the believe in pro wrestling podcast youtube channel and you are entered to win for rick uccino for jeremy bennett it is me it is me your true hill phenom sp3 and this has been the believe in pro wrestling podcast brought to you by bet online thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.